What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cribs of the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I am deviating from the norm today. I am the sumo wrestling loving Jay. <laughs> and together we are joined by very special guest with a, the plural there on the end. Jay, why don't you introduce our guest? Well, our guests today are joining us from one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. And if, I don't talk about it much on the show, but if you know me in my personal life, I love sumo wrestling. So we are joined today by Leslie and Laura from Sumo Kaboom. Hi. Hello. Hi. Would you do everybody that's Hello. listening a favor and just kind of, you know, go through what your show's about and everything like that? Yes. Uh, we have a weekly podcast, Laurie and I, about sumo wrestling, and we always are breaking down the history of sumo, we're talking about pop culture things in sumo, and then there's six tournaments a year, and during those tournaments, we are breaking down the day-by-day action that everyone has watched. Um, we have all kinds of fun, freaky, hilarious sumo stories to share with everyone, but at the end of the day, we're just sumo fans, and we love sumo. Japanese culture and and all that it all that it brings. Yeah, we are two Texan gals, sisters, <laughs> sitting in a closet, our parents' closet. Yep, in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, talking about Japanese sumo wrestling. That is what we do, and we also host a bingo game during every single sumo tournament. That's super fun. That's basically our life. Yeah, and you can win <laughs> prizes in that bingo game too. So you guys like giving away prizes. We like giving away prizes, and I'm still waiting to win one of those one of these days. <laughs> Oh, you will. You Just will. play long enough and you will. <laughs> so you're available and we're pretty much all of our podcasts are available, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So anywhere you're listening to this, and I'll have links below, don't worry. Um, and then Facebook. And our social social yeah. media, yeah. You can just uh, Google or search out Sumo Kaboom and we will pop up Perfect. pretty much everywhere. But we're not Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And we have all of our episodes on uh, Fireside, and that has all of our show notes and other extra stuff and bingo links and all that kind of stuff. So you can always find us there, too. Awesome. 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 So we get invited you guys on uh, to talk about a very special cryptid. We've wanted to talk about it for a while, but we've been putting it off just for you guys. <laughs> and it, anybody that listens to our show, we know we, we always twist in that scientific angle with the, uh, the magical. So at the very end, I will promise you will get your science lesson. But we're going to do heavy magical stuff first. Absolutely. But Jay, what is the monster we're covering today? So today we are covering the, the Japanese uh, creature, the Kappa, which is famous in their history and their folklore and pop culture. Yeah, definitely. It's become a, po- a pop culture icon in the last like 30 or 40 years, everything I've seen. Uh, it's definitely a, a very unique creature. 
Well, yes, because it's like a mix between a humanoid teenage boy and like a turtle rep- reptilian being or whatever you'd like to call it. That Yeah, it looks, it, in my mind, it kind of looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks a lot like that. With, with a, a soft shell and leggier frog, upright and, standing frog. <laughs> and a friar's tuck haircut with a bowl of water inside. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what every teenage boy wants to do with his hair is a bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some Japanese monster movies, and a lot of those guys have the bowl cut. Yeah. Oh, I love it. What were their mothers up to? Just like, is this the easiest this cut is we the could easiest get on this thing. kid? <laughs> yes. I mean, what was out in the U.S.? Like the 70s? Every kid had a bowl cut? I had a bowl yeah. cut. You, when yeah. you had hair. I think I well. had one, too. Back then, it was probably called the Dorothy Hamill. Yeah, but it's very similar in yeah. nature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I'm not a Japanese folklore expert. You know, a lot of the countries we do, obviously the U.S., a lot of European and a lot of Australian stuff is what we really cover. Because uh, the Japanese folklore set is extremely diverse. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very ancient and very, very, uh, like I said, very diverse. So I know there's like three or four major types of basically monsters that the Japanese kind of put in categories. And I know yokai is a really big one. And yeah. the Kappa does not fall in the yokai category, even though I think some modern people put it in the yokai. But What is the yokai? I know that's like a lot of the the one-eyed um, bouncing umbrella, the living sandals. What? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, and then there's a set of yokai. If you have a family heirloom that makes it, I think, to 131 years old, it becomes a yokai. So it basically oh. gets a soul itself. Mm. So, oh. Like Japanese. So it's like. Sorry. I was just going to say, so it's like the Mary Poppins umbrella is a, would be a yokai if it's <laughs> yes. old enough because yeah. it can fly. Maybe. Yeah. I will say when I was doing my own research, yeah, there's web pages upon web pages all about all these mythical creatures. And the Japanese were very, very creative. Oh, They're yeah. Oh, yeah. so wacky and wonderful and just like what? Like filled with just elements of wacky and weird that I love. Okay, so the yokai is an old family heirloom that has a mystical power. That is some well, of the yokai. The yokai is kind okay, of so. a, a group. If you were to compare it somewhere in like North America, I would say probably like almost like demon. Oh. And oh, just then it's different not kinds. the Mary Poppins umbrella. Well, it, it could be different types, different types of <laughs> mystical, yeah. mythological creatures. It's just a creatures. category. Category. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the umbrella's in there. Your... Yeah. Uh, the, the, the guy that has, instead of a butthole, he has an eye, and he just tries to make you look at his eye. <laughs> <laughs> that was one that popped up. Which is looking at his butthole? Yes. Really? Yes. So he walks just around like... Just look at like my a... butthole long enough, you'll see an eye? Oh. Well, he doesn't man. have a face. So he he's... just has a butthole. Yeah. So he walks around like a man, and then he'll will, like act like he's bowing, and then basically show off his one eye. Okay, yeah, because you could put a monocle on that thing, and he would look very hoity-toity. Yeah, but, but it's a butthole behind right. it. Yes, oh, butthole God. monocle. There's that's a... what I would want. Mr. They're very obsessed with the butt. Yes. Oh gosh. Very oh, we'll get into butt. it. Lots of butt. Uh, but, oh gosh, Mr. Smiles is kind of a more modern one too, where it looks Mr. like pack. It looks like Pac-Man following school kids around, and that's all it does. Doesn't do anything bad. 
Mr. It Smiles. just creeps. Yeah. <laughs> Great name. I don't. It's 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 they have a very diverse folklore. You but said, so does it's like West Virginia for the world. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good comparison. Japan is West Virginia for the world. <laughs> Whoever takes offense to that, I don't know, but <laughs> we just lost all of West Virginia. <laughs> no, they might be very honored with that statement. Oh, no. Actually, we have a lot true. of West Virginia That's listeners. True. Oh yeah, they know how we weird are. They are. Mr. Oh, I love it. Uh, but I'm just going to give like a little quick definition of what the cap is for everybody at home. I know we're Jay's got a whole bunch of this. This is going to be a really Jay centric episode, and I'm going to come back in at the end with your science and yeah, and then yeah. So Jay and these fine ladies will converse and i'll just sit here and look at it because i just don't know japanese culture that well uh i have jay knows my opinions on japanese whaling yeah he is so. yeah he has a history with the japanese culture he's just not a fan the government i understand yes yeah. we uh wholeheartedly agree with your stance probably yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah the capita is a mythological monster that is said to inhabit ponds rivers and streams in japan specifically sm- small moving bodies of water the strange creature is said to have both the appearance of a humanoid and that more of a quadrupedal reptile. So, you know, think, like you said, turtle, that, you know, it can be both shapes. Uh, there are 12 types of kappa that have been described in mythology. Uh, we will cover one heavily that is the sumo wrestling kappa here in a little bit. Um, but it has 80 different names through Japan. 80? Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that because you know, earlier is that every prefecture, you know, every area has their own slight twist on mm-hmm. it. And there are also very creative twists. So what's that word, Jay? I'm, that's Hold a on. Japanese word, so that's why I'm showing it to Jay. I can't read. It looks like sujin. So like we talked about earlier, the, uh, I just forgot the word, the demons. The I just de- said yokai. Yokai. Oh, the yokai. yokai. So, yeah, this is a sinjin. Or Sujin. Sujin, yes. Sujin. That's the Sujin. category it falls into, which is water spirit or water guardian. Uh, okay. It doesn't mean good or bad. Right. Because we're going to cover, it has aspects that are probably both. Both, yep. Uh, yeah, it's not, people don't fall in the good or bad scale for them, so. Well, okay. yeah, it's uh, definitely a force. It's feared in Japan. Um, but yeah, physical characteristics, it, like you said, it's very, you know, very, very different depending on very different depending on the region. The size of a small child, relatively small frame. Most of the time, most species are described as gaunt. They're also roughly, uh, the name roughly translates to water child as well, which may come back around later at the end of this episode. Uh, it has amazing swimming capabilities and loves cucumbers. Yes, it does love cucumbers. <laughs> Don't we all? I love cuke. I really do, especially in season. <laughs> I love cuke. <laughs> but- yeah, it's also it's described as like being seen as almost like a teenage boy and almost even having the temperament of a teenage boy, <laughs> either being like very mischievous or very. Uh, oh, oh, uh, I thought you meant like stable and calm. <laughs> oh, isn't, isn't that the way all teenage boys are? Just like completely one note. Yeah, the most wise creature I am out a there. Four H advisor. I work a lot with teenage <laughs> boys. And if you yeah, can find see? me those teenage boys, send them over to the Ada Barnett <laughs> Farmers Club, please. <laughs> but they're very nefarious, and uh, but they, like we touched on earlier, they can be, you know, kind of that, uh, uh, what the word, uh, that kind of a 
creature where it is like bad, but it can also have like some respectful qualities. They actually have um, a lot of respect for people, but if they're not trying to attack you and kill you and gut you and eat your liver <laughs> or steal your essence, let's just say right now. Yeah, yeah, essence, yeah. <laughs> so they remind me a lot of the North American legend of puck wedgies uh, to where oh. they may not puck be- Puck wedgie? Puck wedgie. Okay, I love it. Uh, so they're little tiny sh- sh- people. Like uh, Native Americans considered them one of the lost tribes. Uh, so oh. they thought they were magical people, uh, but they were very animalistic in description. They're short, like three foot tall, just like the Kappa. Uh, and they are not evil, and they are not good. They just don't view people as on their same level. So if you die as a result of something they do, they really don't care. And that's what oh. a lot of the Kappa stuff remind me of. Is it's like it won't most time. It doesn't seem like it'll go out of its way to mess with people. But if you're in its area. You can quite easily become the butt of its joke or the butt of a an attack, you know. Right, right. And there's, um, you know, encounter in Japanese folklore. There's a couple of ways that they will come and attack you if you're in their area. They will approach you. They will charge you and try to, you know, steal your essence. Or um, there's other ways where they will. Um, almost lure you in where they'll be facing the other way. So when you, when you approach them, you may just think it is a normal, you know, younger person. And then as you get closer and closer, it will turn around and reveal itself to be this creature. And by the time you're that close, you're already within its grasp. So um, if you are being attacked by a Kappa, do you know what you should do? Carry cucumbers. That, that is a, that is a good answer. I've heard, Fart in their face. <laughs> I would not advise that because you're you're definitely leaving yourself very vulnerable in that in that position. Oh, why? Why? Because they Explain. they like booties. They like buttholes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kappas are obsessed with buttholes for very specific reason. Why do they want in my butt so bad? Well, <laughs> we can get to that. <laughs> So there's two reasons. Well, there's one reason in particular. So what the the Japanese believe and what the... uh, Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. (laughs) So the Kappas believe that you have this magical orb, a life orb, a life energy that resides inside of your butthole. Yes, I believe that too. (laughs) I strongly believe that. That's where I carry my essences in my butthole. (laughs) And what the Jap and the Jap and uh, the Kappa, sorry, it wants this orb. So what it will do, and there's two reasons it might want it. One is believe this that is this, a butt ball. this is a, a butt, butt ball. ball. Yeah, let's call it butt ball. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Your shiny internal butt ball. I'm going to so many ball. warnings on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know. It will um, ruthlessly reach inside of you and oh. rip this orb out, and with oh. no regards to how you may or may not enjoy it because you will not enjoy oh. this. No, no. And for I two, don't want. it's the word thought. ruthless should never be used. <laughs> never. And oh my! There are two reasons it wants this. One, it, some believe it is truly your life essence, and it, it uses this to gain power for itself and makes itself stronger. The other reason is they say this orb blocks access to your liver, so it remove this so it can get to your liver and eat your liver. 
So that is the two reasons. Now, you touched on the thing. If a kappa does approach you, yes, a cucumber is a good uh, defense mechanism because they love cucumbers. And I don't know what it is with the cucumbers. They just love them. We'll cover that later. I think think you can get kappa sushi at places. Yes, you can. I'm going to order it. Yeah, it's cucumber sushi. It's vegetarian sushi. I I order it all the time. Oh. Well, now you'll know the connection when you go to a restaurant and you see that on the menu, right? Kappa sushi. Yeah, so our take-home message is walk softly, carry cucumber. That's right. <laughs> and do not reveal actually, your butthole. I, yeah, <laughs> I actually reveal. heard that if you're really nice to a kappa and you bow to them, then you have a good shot too. Yes. So like, that They are polite. They that, are polite. They're respectful in, in that tradition, yes. If you bow, they will bow back. And that is the other defense mechanism you should use against them. Because if one does approach you, you do not stand a chance in wrestling one or standing a chance fighting one because they are very, very strong. Imagine... Well, and I, 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 don't, I also don't have a chance in uh, willingly farting at one <laughs> under stress. Like, yeah. That will never happen. Farting under stress is, is tough. really I tough. Mean, that's a, like that's you've got to have a lot of power and control behind your farts to be able to do that. Well, so I can remember to bow, and you're kind of blindsided because you're facing the other way and you have to turn around exactly. to see if they're advancing. And, and, and honestly, I don't usually carry cucumbers in my pocket, so I think this is my best. Course and just of like defense. in the doyo, you're that's a vulnerable position. Once they have you from behind, you rarely can turn that around. You're toast. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. I'm learning a lot about the Japanese today. Yes, <laughs> I, I got a little, like, a little. You note know, for that. of like, what does it say? You know, collectively that they're like, maybe they hold their center and their, they put importance into their gut. You know, where they carry their mm. essence and their power. Maybe that's kind of a reflection of that. I don't know why it moved down to the butthole, but. Deep within you, there's power. Deep within you, there is a soul and a spirit. Um, but then the other side of it is that uh, butts are funny. And uh, <laughs> your butt is a vulnerable place. <laughs> Very true. Butts are, yeah, butts are inherently funny. So are cucumbers, inherently yeah. funny. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, farting in someone's direction, inherently funny. Yeah. It's all turtles. <laughs> inherently funny like it really <laughs> all combined yeah yeah we we just talked on another episode this is we're famous for side tangents uh so this oh, is so are we. there we go our first side <laughs> tangent is that jay said he really wanted to go uh for the blossom uh, the cherry blossom festival mm-hmm. um, yeah. and i said the funny thing is during the cherry blossom festival you go to some of the outside towns of tokyo and stuff they have the penis festival at the same time <gasps> What? Well, see, how did I miss that, that needs festival? To be on my list? Because I went to the Cherry Blossom Festival, which gets all the hype, and apparently the Penis Festival does not get any hype. You didn't hear about the Penis Festival? No, no one told me about that. I would have been there. I would have been there. <laughs> they, well, they, they all the wear giant is, penis. This is on their head, and they, they I dance was going to say, yeah. I mean, imagine it's so, spring, fertility. It's all wrapped yeah, up that's in what that. It is. So, I you're, love dancing. The idea of dancing penises everywhere. Dan- well, your description, your description of what a kappa looks like with a little like uh, tortoise hat on with a little bowl of water on the top. That is it sounds phallic. like a penis. It's yeah. very phallic. <laughs> so maybe the Japanese are obsessed with the phallus. I mean, aren't we all? Uh, well, uh, yeah. I guess. That, yeah. That's yeah. A yeah. Thing. It's not it's unique just... to them. Yeah. It's not unique to them. Yeah. All right. 
And back to it. <laughs> and back to it. Yeah, so back on track. <laughs> so the reason why you would want a capitabaltio is it's basically you can't outmuscle it, you can't outstrength it, but you can't outsmart it. And so the bowl on top of the cap's head is filled with water from its river system from which it came. And that's where it holds all of its power. So if oh, it's if water it's, gives it power. Correct. It is a water spirit. And if it spills that water, it becomes very weak and very vulnerable. And so if you get the cap at a bow and it bends over and bows to you, it will spill its water. So okay. now you have an advantage and it knows that you're, you have the upper hand and you can now bargain with the kappa. And there's, there's stories of, you know, the people making deals with kappa. Basically, it will do whatever you want. It'll almost be like you're a, oh, what's the word? You'll know it off the top of your hand. Um, when a sumo wrestler becomes secretary. And he has a, a junior sumo wrestler underneath him, you know, that kind of does all of his. Yeah. Sukibito. So he can basically become your Sukibito. Ah, <gasps> well, that's convenient. Yes. Although you've got this weird, very freakish, rude, very rude, Sukibito. cheeky teenage yeah. frog boy that follows you everywhere. <laughs> right. But he's very strong and he's, and he's like your got magical powers, magical powers and your bodyguard. So he well, that's not bad. He earns your respect and he becomes basically your quote unquote kind of friend. Oh, well that's quote, all right. Unquote. But you probably have to keep your <laughs> friend in check. You're like, no peeky peeky up lady skirts, none of this cheeky business. Well that that's that's on him. Too. That's on him. Yeah. You can only yeah. control so much. That's okay. true. <laughs> that is true. You can basically prevent him from getting into your butt. So, and that's it. other people's butts are still on the menu. See. <laughs> Correct. Why you save your own butt? Literally, your own hide. Exactly. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. Folklore is uh, definitely. What is this creature? I love it. Folklore is definitely a reflection on the culture it comes from. Yes. Because yes. it's just so like. What does it say about what? Japan? I didn't say nothing about that. I was just saying that you know when we talk, we 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 make fun of a lot, a lot of times of West Virginia for their monsters. So Japan, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> That's right. Now where are we going now, Jay? Well, um, this is, I this is the exact opposite of most of our episodes go. I have like nothing oh, prepared. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need anything when you've got such a treasure trove of wacky, weird uh, facts about the Kappa. There's a good story in uh, Japanese folklore of oh, uh, we're doing this. The Kappa. Um, well, there's a couple. We'll do the we'll do the sumo, sumo wrestler next. Okay. But first, there's this. There was a story about a Kappa. Um, there was a little girl because it it kind of targets teenagers and younger kids, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, there it's was babies and ba yes, it loves eating babies when their mothers would bathe them. Uh, the second oh. they'd look away, I'd come up and grab him and drag him into the middle of the river. Mm -hmm. uh, That's oh, important yeah. for later. Awful. And you were okay. talking earlier about how the different prefectures have their own little, uh, I guess, traditions with this. Um, some of them, like when their kids go to like swim in the river and stuff, they'll throw a cucumber in the river as offerings beforehand to leave the children alone. Or mm -hmm. um, they'll tell their kids to eat cucumber, you know, to basically ward off the kappa and then other prefectures will tell you you do not eat cucumber you do not touch it because then it will lure the kappa in to eat you so it's kind of oh. opposites you know depending on what part of japan you're in i think it probably depends on which kind of cucumber they were growing because one probably gives way more flatulence than the other <laughs> so some of them were kept safe by the flatulence and others not so much mm. i don't know that's my guess. A good theory yeah 
Yeah, well, that's, we'll have to dig into that theory a bit later. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a, a weird monster. There's a good story, though, about uh, there was a little teen, a teenage girl who wandered upon this little uh, pond, and she's seen a kappa over by this rock. And what well, she didn't know it was a kappa at first, but she approached it, and it lured her in, and it gave her an offer, or it gave her this letter. It said, uh, you know, there's this a other- letter. Yes. I yeah. told you, it's literate. It can write. Mm -hmm. It's literate. They're very, they're very smart. And it handed her right. a, a letter and it told her, you know, she has to take this over to the other pond. Uh, it's uh, down the street, you know, down the river quite a ways. And yeah. it said, you know, if in order for you to be safe or not, we will come for you. We will kill you. We will eat you, basically. But if you take this letter to my brother, the Kappa said this, um, you know, you will be safe, you'll be fine, but you can't tell anyone, you can't give the letter to anyone else, and you cannot deviate, you can't leave with the letter, you have to take it to them. So she was scared, she didn't know what to do, so she took the letter. And as she's leaving on her way, she runs into a monk, and he, you know, asks her what she's doing, asks her what she's up to. So she told him, and he asked to read the letter. And when he opened it, he couldn't see any of the words, there was no words on it, so he's trying to figure out what's going on. So then Invisible he finds out... Invisible ink, oh, correct. Oh, he finds out it's a water ink. or like a water spirit letter is what he kind of referred to it as. So Ooh. he took it to the water and dunked it in, and then the words started to reveal themselves. And basically, oh. what the letter was was an offering to his the Kappa's brother, um, to basically give her permission, give him permission to eat the girl. So <gasps> what the the monk did is he rewrote the letter. And then gave it back to the girl and told her, oh, you know, finish your journey, take it to him, and do not tell anyone you spoke to me. So the girl went and she found the pond and she gave it the letter. She found the other kappa in the other pond. And she gave him the letter and he was all excited to meet her. He was excited to see her. So he took the letter and he opened it and he became very angry. And what had happened is the monk had switched the letter around to give the girl, basically it, he rewrote it and said, this girl is too young to be eaten. You must spare her life and give her money in exchange and send her on her way. And the capper grew very, very angry. And he questioned the girl, you know, did you meet anyone along the way? And she says no and all that. So he got angry. So what would happen was between these two kappa, they had a deal going on where they didn't just consume the own people they found. They would find people for each other to send each other's way. And that's the deal they had going on throughout a long time. And then when this happened, it caused a conflict between the two Kappa to where they didn't trust each other anymore. And then it saved, oh. and it saved a lot of people in that area from mm. being attacked in the future again. Oh. So they can, wow. be, out, they can be outsmarted. Okay. They can. And this also, like, this implies that the priest or the monk mm -hmm. knew how to write in water sprite. They, he knew how to do underwater writing as well yeah yeah yeah. you study that in you basic, study, religion in basic monking yeah. yeah that's a 100 level class yeah right yeah right. Now, this this is weird because there's a true crime thing that just happened like last year that we were we were talking about covering with our friend rachel uh jay didn't know about this i don't think mm -mm. but there's a blind guy in europe that was a part of a human uh well sex trafficking uh basically he would give this letter like he'd ask for help from these attractive women and he's like oh, you just take it to this address it's you know it's just right around the block i'm just having trouble finding it today and they would and then they disappear well one time just this the last lady is like she's gonna open it she once she opened the letter she immediately took it to the police 
and letter basically said, hey, blah, this is the last one for the day. I'm going home. <gasps> and they broke <gasps> this up, this whole sex trafficking ring, because finally one lady re- or like read the letter. Wow. Moral of the story is, don't do open favors. that letter. <laughs> yeah. Don't do favors. Don't do favors for people. But if you're going to, uh, demand to see the letter. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that Ask for help. Wow. Hundreds Ask for help, of people. I get, wow. That, wow. That, that, Maybe they were inspired by the I think that was in I think that might have been in London. It was weird. It was like a big city Whoa. over in Europe. Mm. Isn't that nuts? World's crazy That's place. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. There is a sumo wrestling story that has the Kappa involved. Um and right. I, it was from this uh series of prints that was created by an artist. So I don't know if it's more folklore than it is actual history and story. Mm. But uh he created this print. And it's a big sumo wrestler watching, refereeing these two Kappa wrestling, sumo wrestling. And um, the sumo wrestler is Shirafuji Genta, which I looked him up. I don't think he was an actual wrestler because this is oh. from, this was created back, these were prints created back in the 1850s. Okay. So they're, they're very okay. old, but this one's a famous one. Um, and it's the sumo wrestler was enjoying the cool breeze on the riverbank. The Kappa, who appeared and wanted to challenge the sumo wrestling, the sumo wrestler for a match. And it's really funny. The, uh, the sumo wrestler, Shirafuji, roared at the kappa, threw it to the ground, and killed it. So if, if there's one person that could do it, it was him. Whoa. And so this uh, print, it's, it's really neat. Uh, I mean, we'll send it to you so we can post it and stuff on, your, on our pages and stuff. But Yeah. Shirafuji. Oh, go on. I saw another print uh, of a kappa, and it was a ukiyo-e print as well, probably from the mm. same era. But it was like a, a guy uh, in his yukata or kimono sitting there on a swing, and he had his mawashi. He had his butt exposed, and and there was a kappa that was creeping up from the river, and and it was like a warning story. Don't have your butt exposed near the riverbed because they're going to come into your butthole and take your soul. Yes. <laughs> there, but there, if anyone can fight but, one off, but yeah, if, if anyone, anyone can, can fight, fight one, one off, off, it's a sumo wrestler. That's right. That's Absolutely. what I get. They have more strength than the strongest Kappa. That's right. What was the the one that lost his life during a sumo match that you showed me the video when the oh, one guy BQ. threw him off? Yeah. 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 yeah, that's a scary man. Uh, yeah. If anybody can beat up a yeah. cap, I'll believe that. I mean, sumo wrestlers are very, very strong. I mean, they often get a bad rap because people just see their size and they assume that they're not all muscle. Those guys are friggin' ripped. Oh, yeah. And they, you, I mean, it's like hitting a Mack truck mm-hmm. upon Tachiai. These guys blast each other to smithereens. All day long, and especially in tournaments, they are incredibly strong. So okay. I believe it. I believe that a sumo wrestler could take take down a kappa. What other sports did people accidentally kill each other? I mean, it happens in uh, football occasionally. Occasionally, bad that's, tackle. Yeah, Very rare. that's yeah, that's a little different. I'm mean, like, even in like kickboxing and stuff like that. You know, people that are. Literally beating the hell out of each other, don't kill each other. Right, it's very rare. And soon, yeah. I'm not, you know, like I said at the beginning, I'm not a big sports person, but some of the stuff I watch with Jay, I'm like, what's the average size of a sumo wrestler? I know they look big, but it's hard to tell on the TV, you know. 
Somewhere yeah, between like 350 pounds, I would say. Yeah. It's pretty so average. Some of the lighter guys are like guy. 80 to 400. If you can pick up a guy that's 300 pounds and just throw him, yeah. you are a very muscular man. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. they're all built like offensive linemen mm-hmm. with a little bit more padding on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Because they run into <laughs> they run into hard objects all day long. That's yeah. their training. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, their legs are thick as tree trunks too. It's yeah. ridiculous, oh, yeah. and their butts. They I got know they're strong butts. butts. Strong. I'm learning a lot about you. you. Well, you can see why a kappa would be enthralled with a sumo wrestler. <laughs> yes, because those buns are incredible. It's well, if I was fir- one. Dae Show has very good buns. I mean, even Mr. Sumo Chiyomaru has very nice sumo buns. We are often <laughs> talking about sumo buns because it's extraordinary. Their buns, their lower halves are incredibly strong, and their buns are very, very perfect. I could understand the temptation of a kappa. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, imagine if he saw Tochi Notion. It's like the forbidden oh. fruit. <laughs> <laughs> he has quite he has quite the soul up there. Yeah, he does. He has a lot quite, of... quite the soul uh... up there. <laughs> it's oh, directly man. related to soul quality. <laughs> yeah, soul quality is very nice too. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love this episode. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that sumo wrestling print. That's that one's a good one to like and for the folklore and history of you actually getting to see two kappa engaging in sumo wrestling while the there's a sumo wrestler standing over them basically acting as their gyoji um very interesting photo yeah okay that's cool we will send that your guys your way yeah we'd love it so what's some of the stuff you guys found out in your kappa research because you guys did kind of a you're spiked in some of this and you know so what we found was the same as you, the hilarity, like, like, I cannot speak, the hilarity of realizing how butt-centric this mythical creature was and just how obsessed with, you know, the anus and ass and souls that live in your butthole. That was intriguing to me. Um, but also how cheeky and how, um, just how all the trouble it could get into, but also oddly the polite nature of it, the, uh, the, the ability to write letters. We found one, I found one that said, if you, sometimes they live in trees and stuff, different prefectures say they can exist in trees a little bit. They come live mostly in the water, but they, you can spot them in a tree. But if you can get them to bow really low, or you somehow lure them with your power because you've overcome them, you can bring them back to your barn, which is where they lose even more power because they really love horses and cows. They love to steal those as well. Hmm. And if you take them back to your barn, then you can have them basically sign an affidavit that they won't bother you anymore. And uh, I was like, that's really interesting. You have to lure them back to your barn where they have very little power uh, but you can make them sit down and write a letter that they're sorry and that they won't uh, <laughs> try to steal your butthole through steal your soul through your butthole anymore. So it, it just was like uh, every corner was like, what? 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 Um, but I loved it. I loved it. They do. They also um, they like women and uh, they typically uh, tend to annoy women more than men. But, you know, just like teenage, just boys. like teenage boys, mm-hmm. um, always trying to pick up skirts and th- things like that. But 
I do think though, when you think about what the culture, why it was created, why it existed, is that these were real life problems people were having. People would come along and take advantage of women. Um, the horrific nature of drownings, um, especially children and the accidents that they were having. It was like an allegory. It was like a story to tell children or to tell people to warn them of life's real um, like consequences if you're not paying attention. And I think that that was really interesting to me is how women-centric it was, but it says a lot about the culture at the time, which preyed upon women as it still happens today. And uh, accidental drownings and the horrific nature of things you'd see at the, you know, at the river's edge, you know, so there was a real interesting, in my mind, you know, backstory of like, like, I'm always asking, why did this come to be? How did this come to be? It's not like a whole bunch of people were sitting around a campfire and we're like, let's make up a weird creature. There was a real reason. And for a lot of people back then, uh, who didn't read or write. These were stories all over, you know, rural people who, who didn't have access to education. They worked on the farm. You know, this was a way to tell stories that would probably help protect people, even as, as extravagant and wacky and weird as they were and how they morphed. <laughs> um, but there was a real reason behind it. And so even in our own culture here, like we have or Grimm's fairy tales. Like there's all kinds of life lessons hidden, you know, behind all of this. And that's the part, that's the why, that's the, that's the part that really intrigued me about this wacky um, butt demon. <laughs> <laughs> Some other uh, interesting facts about the Kappa is it has a very extensive medical knowledge. Oh yeah, you were saying this. And they uh, oh. talk about when, when you do weaken a Kappa or you do it does offer, instead of you hurting it or killing it, it will offer you medical advice. And primarily it's in like bone, like setting, resetting bo broken bones. And there is in their tradition or their folklore that that's where kind of that medical knowledge came from in their history. It came from the Kappa teaching people how to do these things. Well, they do read, they do write. Apparently they have medical training. Maybe they've gone to medical school. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with Japan? <laughs> the river boy the creepy river reptile boy is going to reset my arm after he steals my cow and looks at my butthole that's right <laughs> he is the neighborhood osteopath as well literally this is I didn't ever realize before we did some of this stuff how much West Virginia and Japan are the same thing <laughs> it's just like a lot of their cryptids, we'd cover them a lot, and it just sometimes they make no sense. Like they just they just don't make. It's just like everybody was drunk around a campfire, and yeah. made the Kappa or made the West Virginia Veggie Band. Yeah, well, is West Virginia yeah. the moonshine state, or is that Kentucky? That's Tennessee. Oh, it's Tennessee. That's right. I'm sure they're distilling something. Oh no, no, they hills. they drank the water out of the hills. Oh. Yeah, it's full of so much lead. They're lucky they can see. <laughs> <laughs> but now here's some th stuff I don't know with uh, you know Japan being obsessed with fertility uh, yeah because in some of the explanations we're going to get to here in a little bit of what may be the inspiration or the actual real life thing that the Kappa represents uh, they seem to have a little bit higher than normal 
you know, miscarriage rate a little higher than normal. You know, tr- they, they they have seems to population wise, they have trouble getting pregnant. Hmm. Uh, so I think that's why like a lot of their culture is fertility based because it's just it's such a big deal. You know, a lot of people maybe take that for granted. You know that some, especially a group of people having trouble having kids. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know that can be a really big deal to why I think their culture really kind of goes more towards this kind of stuff. Pushes you know? the penis yeah. festivals. Right, because it's like it's everybody's hoping, you know, they're doing a ceremony to hopefully so they can have a kid this year. Or, you know, they, they do right. this so they can... I don't know, just something that I kept coming, like, popping up in research that just... Is, I guess, well, we more see it in the sumo thing. world, too. There's a real obsession with kids. We often see kitty sumo. They'll always, in every tournament or, or every tour have kids up there that are wrestling. They have a baby crying uh, ceremony, basically, every tour where they everyone brings their newborns up to, like, toddlers, and a random sumo wrestler holds them, and if they cry, then that's good spirit and good energy for a healthy, strong baby for the future. There's tons of that. I mean, even the wrestlers today get married and have kids, and that's an expectation. It means a mm-hmm. lot to that culture um, traditionally in that way children is life and um continuing on of of family and traditions and all that you see that a lot in sumo yeah and i guess it's just so it's a whole you know a whole cultural thing that a lot of i guess i don't know i just feel like a lot of u.s people don't understand that Mm -hmm. because they always laugh like like at the penis festival like uh, that's so goofy but it has real symbology for the culture that's very very important for those people, mm-hmm. it's not just some goofy thing where you know everybody's wearing a penis on their head and they're walking around with this giant gold penis. They're doing it because you know, in the past they've had trouble having kids and they've had you know they've had right. trouble conceiving or they've lost kids, you know, because right. that's I only like I said I'm really bringing that up because it goes into some of the explanations of the Kappa, you know. I can't believe you didn't get to see the penis festival while you were over there. I, I was I was just gonna ask. Did you say giant golden penis? Yes. Yeah, so the the they yeah. Sign me up. Can you send me the link? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the brochure. Link to the, the festival for tickets for uh, next year. Yeah. So I've actually I watched uh an American I can't think of his name but but he went through the whole festival and kind of followed the day, and like they they're honored guests and stuff. Basically, they carry them in on this giant golden penis cart. And the center of the what tower. A better way. Yes. What a better way to enter a room. I'd feel very honored. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. But no, and then like the center tower is like a golden kind of penis. Like. Okay. Oh, how lovely. Yeah, and it's during the Cherry Blossom Festival. So oh. I think that's why a lot then, of Americans don't, or, you know, not, you know, non-native people don't go to that festival because, you know, everybody's going to Japan to see the, you know, the giant Cherry Blossom Festival. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they're not the only culture that like is obsessed with the no. phallus. If you if you've gone to Italy and you've gone to Pompeii or Herculaneum, or there are a lot of um, there is a lot of uh, frescoes and all the paintings on the wall that uh, totally have penises all over them. But oh, it, yeah. it's a sign of some like strength and fertility, and yeah, you see it all over and it's also spring it's newness it's life it's cows having little ones it's like mm-hmm. it's the rebirth of yes it's earth's rebirth so it makes sense that it would align in springtime with all of that here's another tangent for you so we have good friends in sweden and we've been learning mm-hmm. a lot of their culture the last year like a lot i mean yeah i know 
I I know more now about Sweden that I never expected to know in my entire Same. life. Uh, <laughs> but they have all kinds of weird festivals. Every culture has weird festivals looking from the outside looking in. Uh, mm-hmm. but literally, they had what was it that it was the fire burning contest? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, where they burn everything for like a week. Basically, yeah, for like three days solid. It's one drunken week. They all drank. Pair, <laughs> you've set an example. You're you're. That's our that's our graphic designer's pair. That's who does our artwork, and he's from Sweden. Uh, but literally, like they just burn a whole bunch of stuff on their front lawn for three solid days, <laughs> and it's how they that's how they bring wake up spring. And I love it. They're chasing the snow off their yard, basically, and but it's like oh. they're all hammered, and they're all having to watch this fire. And you want to have the biggest fire you possibly can without it becoming uncontrollable. I love it. And it's just a it's what they have all kinds of weird stuff, mm-hmm. but it's like the weirdest thing they do is just like I'm like, we'd all be dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're pyros here. Oh yeah, no one would be responsible with that. No, not a lot. Firefighters drinking over in the corner. I remember seeing the videos. <laughs> yeah, especially with drinking involved here, we get a little more carried away. I think with I, our drinking. they they drink a lot more than we do. They just don't do anything. True. Outside's negative twenty five degrees, so you can't right. go outside. That's and all do you anything. can do. That's how you warm your body. <laughs> well, have have you heard of the Zazobra Festival in Santa Fe? No. It's uh, kind of similar. It's a different time of the year that they do it, but they. They build a giant puppet that's like, I don't know, six, seven stories tall. It's this huge puppet, and it's a puppet of a man, um, and they call him Old Man Gloom. And when the time comes, they light this huge thing on fire, and everybody is in a park. I mean, like thousands and thousands and thousands of people getting drunk, drinking heavily in the park. There's huge dance festivals and loud music and this whole thing, and they set the thing on fire, and it's burning off any sort of bad burning off the past anything Mm. you want to get rid of in the past you're burning it with old man gloom so that you can start this next year fresh Hmm. i like that that's interesting yeah that's but also scientifically what ash and all of that does fertilizing the ground for Mm -hmm. spring doesn't that doesn't that line up as well there must be some like real reason why burning stuff like yeah, burning causes new life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we think of our forest, you know, old growth forest and stuff like that. The mm-hmm. only way they have any new life form is by forest fires. You know, That's we right. kind of get this negative connotation now with forest fires and these wildfires because we have houses in the way of them. Right. Uh, but, you know, naturally, th- these fires would burn off all this old, old ancient growth so new life could come through. And like all you're right. saying, ash is a really, really good way to fertilize, like volcanic soil is some of the most fertile soil on the planet after the volcano stops, you know, mm-hmm. being a volcano. Uh, right, Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> like, instantly, once it cools off enough, you know, you literally can see the plant line up to the volcanic line because it's the second it's like the, the literally the millimeter it's cool enough, there's thick plant life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's really neat. What's our weird festival in Ohio? Which one? Oh, pick one. <laughs> Um, Share some Ohio culture. Then you have to do one for Texas before we move on. Okay. Gosh, okay. put me on the spot. I'm trying to think of one we've been to recently. Shoot. I don't know. We kind of worship we... Bigfoot in Ohio. Yeah, we do have a lot of Bigfoot festivals. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. This... What's involved in a Sasquatch festival? Getting heavily intoxicated. <laughs> oh. Uh, that, that makes sense, actually. 
I rode borderline drunk, or borderline blackout for two days straight. <laughs> I, uh, it was horrible. Uh, it was great. It's, they're great. Uh, no, so basically during the day, it's like a lot of like lectures. Like uh, like I said, I was a biologist, so a lot of biolog- you know, biologically minded people come and kind of give lectures on the scientific side of Sasquatch. And then you have the exact opposite side, which we love just as much. You know, yeah. the more spiritual side, the more supernatural side of Sasquatch. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's during the day, and then there's like vendors festivals, so you can go buy themed stuff. Then at <laughs> night, you get around a fire with about, you know, we had a hundred people, I think, at the big fire. Yeah. And you know, we just all kind of swap stories, and then we, you know, we like, you know, we run this podcast, so we give away stuff to the kids and stuff like that. You know, we have these little figurines we give away of monsters and stuff, so the kids, you know, oh, and then I love it. Once it's- they go to bed, we get absolutely plastered. Yep. By the fire and screaming into the woods for hours. Yes, do bigfoot calls and things like that. Yeah, but uh, we also have our like our harvest festivals and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, like more local rural. We're areas. in the corn, so yeah, hence the name, you know. Uh, okay. So we worship the corn. Yeah, basically. Uh, oh, just it, like it, last it, weekend or a couple weekends ago, giant corn statues and corn mazes. Yeah, um, uh, we worship corn. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it, gets, oh, yeah. it gets weird. It, you know, if you're coming from somewhere that doesn't have a lot of corn and you come to Northwest Ohio and you see these giant man-made corn cobs everywhere, you're like, ah, oh, this is a weird place. <laughs> this is a weird place. Y'all are literally children of the corn. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Three times a day we've been called that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know, no, it's, it, we get it a lot because it's true. That's why it's our name. It, yeah. We have uh, chili cook-offs. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> not as exciting. Not as exciting. Our state fair, though, with Big Tex, he's not a, well, he's worshipped uh, pretty much. Not everyone who knows who Big Tex is, but that's pretty much one of our state, um, the armadillo is a real creature. It's also a kind of our state creature. I don't know. I, maybe just the mystique of cowboy. Like, Texas we is have just this, a weird state. Yeah, we're just... Uh-huh. I mean, it's wonderful. It's just wonderful and weird. You know, it's rebellious and rooted in like, I ain't going to do, I ain't going to do oh. what you think I should do. Oh. You know, yeah. that is what Texas is all yes. about. Um, so it doesn't need any weird festivals on top of it. It's just weird enough in and of itself. Yeah. I'm but a- the weirdest festivals I could think of are like Dead Man Days up in Netherland, Colorado. Have you heard of that one? Mm-mm. No. The Dead Guy Days. There was a guy who was, uh cryogenically preserved up there what? uh yeah and i can't remember who it is but it's based on some guy who's frozen up there ready to be reanimated when the time is right <laughs> like and walt so, disney yeah <laughs> so yeah. they do the, in the dead of winter they have the frozen dead guy days and they do like coffin races <laughs> like one person has to be I, in a coffin i have like, seen that okay yeah <laughs> they do all these outdoor fun races well and that just sounds like things. a ball and yeah and it's all related to dead guys and it's funny do they drink <laughs> a lot i'm sure yes, yes. that's what connects yeah, the a world lot of hot toddies. Yeah. right they drink in the amazon they drink in sweden and they drink in the u.s yeah they definitely drink in japan yeah i have seen the videos <laughs> uh but that's awesome <laughs> i just love it it's just what connects us all is we do we do weird things and get hammered yeah, kind of. So let's, I guess it's, you know, get towards wrapping it up. So let's do the explanations or possible explanations for the Mighty Beast, the Kappa. You know, the first one I kind of have is 
just the boogeyman. You know, this is a completely, you know, like, kind of like you said, uh, a fabricated creature to kind of warn of the dangers of being around these rivers and bodies of water, specifically for kids, you know. Drownings are a very big deal. Uh, the Japanese waterways can be quite treacherous to, you know, a, a medium to small-sized child. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that one? And that's kind of when we do this, that's kind of what we do. We just ask, you know, what do you think about that? Oh, yeah, there's, I can absolutely see that that would be true. Yeah, keep the kids far away from water. Protect uh, them. Yeah. Yeah. And that worked, you know. It made kids really fear being close to the water, which gave parents some, you know, calm, knowing their kids were scared out of their mind by a and, water sprite. And them. holding their butt cheeks together at the same <laughs> right. time. Right. That, I mean, double win. Right. Keep them out of double the water win. and keep them from farting. Yeah. <laughs> keep yeah. from farting. Control by fear. And more vegetables. Yeah. Eating more vegetables. Which yeah, is eat more thing. vegetables, which you always want to do. <laughs> right? Get your kids to eat their greens. That's right. Yeah. See, they got their weird ways around getting these life lessons, you know, burn into your brain. Just create this creature that does I mean, everybody does that. I mean, think every yeah. culture. We're on a show here soon with uh, Christmas baddies. Or Christmas nasties, sorry. Nasty, yeah. Sorry, Nick. Uh, but we're doing, I can. it's like, I cannot think of the name, but it's the Germanic horse ghost that rap battles you for your beer and cheese at Christmas. <laughs> well, we're That's German awesome. in, in background, so we're going to have to look into that that guy. Oh, gosh. It is, a, it, is a, it is a neat monster. I can't wait. But we also love cheese. Maybe I'm part monster. Yeah, we will be listening. But I think that's a... There's cultural importance to it because it's originally, you know, it's to warn against certain things around Christmas time with vagrants and stuff coming into town uh, that they will basically, they'll use up your resources. This is from, you know, you know, very early days, dramatic, you know, lure to warn you about people coming to your town around these times of giving and taking more than they should. Okay. Uh, But yeah, so the other thing is one we cover a lot is interdimensional beings. Mm Mm-hmm. Japan is famous for vortexes in rivers and streams. The way the geology functions with the rivers and streams, it creates a lot of these whirlpools, which goes back to the first thing, that the waterways are just naturally dangerous. But in our, you know, in more of our side of the stuff we do, that vortexes seem to have access to, like, interdimensional creatures, you know, it's a big thing. So could this be an alien or a monster from another world? What do you guys think? Well... I was thinking about this because I did also read that like some people theorize that this could have been just the aliens like that we know from outer space and how they look to us also small creatures, skinny. They do look like small teenage boys, hairless in our version, big heads, you know, but I could see that some of those might look like our made up version of aliens that it could be. They just got uh, they just got a visitation by somebody from Mars and uh, that or what, wherever the, uh, wherever the aliens came from happened to be a little bit more green, you know, but it, it, I see how, how they look, they could be similarly, like they could be confused with each other. It could be, it could be from outer space. If you believe in aliens, <laughs> which I have to say, I'm not necessarily a big believer in aliens, but I've never been abducted. So you can't knock it till you try it. What do you, oh, also just, obsessed with anuses. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yes, the butthole. The anal probe. The anal probe. Always. Every time when they're abducted, are there you, is some strange similarity. Is the Kappa a great alien? 
because you guys just it's put green. that in my head. Yeah, it's a green-ish looking weird freaky thing. I mean, Ooh. not unlike ET. Maybe it you know. Except as far as I know, ET is not interested in butt play, and he did not have <laughs> he a was prior young. cut. <laughs> he was young. <laughs> Maybe they, they rival. They cut that scene. They cut that scene out of that movie. <laughs> what do you think he was going to do with that finger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does have a light on the end. That's right. true. Exploration. Oh my God, Oh, Maybe wow. they rival the gray aliens and, and they're removing the probes like that they put in there. Colonoscopy. Mm, yeah. Well, I don't know. They really, they really hit on that. It really does kind of sound like our modern day gray alien. Mm -hmm. You know, anal huh. probes, stuff like that. You know, it's really weird. I never even thought about that. Huh. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys win. <laughs> uh, the, next, the, the next one we have is a very real thing that happened, especially in more ancient Japan. Uh, miscarriage has been a very, very big problem. Mm -hmm. And it's been, I, I, from my research, I didn't dive deeply into it, but a lot of social factors and a lot of uh, food and water quality factors. Well, right. I mean, they were, that's why some of the kids in ye old days ended up sumo wrestlers. They, they were mouths that couldn't be fed. Mm -hmm. So they sent them to a stable to have a roof over their head and a chance at a future and have, yeah, food to eat. Um, but they were going to starve and they would die, you know, back in their rural, you know, where famine existed and all of that. Mm -hmm. So it, I imagine if the kids were starving and being shipped off, things were dire. And uh, yeah, it, if women weren't fed enough or whatever, certain things like that would definitely occur. So the word that we're going to use is leech babies. Uh, and we'll get into why they're called that. But a lot, like you're saying, a lot of these women would have miscarriages or, you know, stillborns due to, you know, malnutrition, food, water quality, social quality. Uh, it was so common that it was a, almost a regular site in some of these streams and rivers near larger communities. Uh, so the kappa was kind of made to warn people, warn specifically kids off from seeing these, you know, these horrible, the horrible aftermath of these events. Uh, right. Why they were called leech babies is what we were talking off camera or off uh, recording is the Japanese tiger. Most leeches don't actually suck blood. That's kind of a, you know, the misnomer. We know the ones that suck blood. A lot of them are decomposers. Uh, the Japanese tiger leech is quite a large leech and it will start on a body very soon after being deceased. So real, you know, relatively sometimes within minutes of these babies entering the water, they could be covered with these leeches so hence the name mm. leech baby. So was it thing. common was it common practice to uh put a stillborn in the water rather than burying them? All waste product. Uh just because it was the easiest way. Oh. Uh, that's what, part of the reason why Japanese water quality got really bad during this time is because they were dumping all their sewage, all meat product, you know, stillborn infants like that. That's why they were putting it in it cuz it just was the easiest way to you know, out of sight, mm -hmm. out of mind kind of deal. You know, you throw it in the river, it goes away. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go I away. See. It affects people downstream of you. But in yeah. your head, it, you know, it, it's going away. Uh, people had a, you know, Japan's not the only place that had this problem with people kind of, you know, kind of not thinking of their own water quality. This, You're throwing all your sewage in this stuff where you're getting your drinking water from. It's probably not the best thing. It's making your situation worse. But that's, you know, I could definitely see this being the legend behind, you know, the Kappa just to, cause it's horrendous. Could you imagine seeing something like that? No, it'd be terrifying. It'd no. be absolutely terrifying. And it would stick with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. 
it's just so sad. But yeah, it was a bad a time. Of, yeah. Yeah, it was. The last one we have for you today, and like I promised, you and I know, know this this is going to be your favorite. Well, it's Justin. you know we I'm a, like I was a fisher biologist. I specialized in fish and salamanders. Japan has the second largest salamander species in the world. The giant Japanese salamander has striking similarities to the kappa, uh, and people used to feed them cucumbers. Well, good luck. <laughs> For good luck, or to get rid of the extra cucumbers that uh, they grew in that. So they would they wouldn't naturally eat cucumbers. Uh, they are pretty much they don't see very well. They have really tiny eyes. They're pretty much feeding off emotion. So they would see this big green thing moving at them. They're like, oh, that's a fish. So they'd eat that. Uh, they have. <laughs> you were a- gonna say, oh, that's a finger. I'm gonna <laughs> eat that. Oh no. <laughs> uh, so these salamanders can reach six feet in length and be Whoa. eighty pounds. So, Whoa. Uh, no, they can bite a lot like more a than your finger. Yeah. yeah. They're small alligators. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they have a temper. They can be, they can be quite aggressive. Uh, so this, uh, partially, you know, bathing infants, they, uh, they would grab infants. There's some, there's never been proven, there's some historic evidence of a couple drownings or a couple, uh, you know, you can, there's still salamanders. You can still get the child back if you were paying attention fast enough. But, you know, an 80-pound salamander grabbing a three-year-old, the salamander's going to win. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, wow. So this is kind of the maybe the main inspiration for the kappa of this water animal, oh. this aquatic animal that can come onto land slightly, grabbing a child and grabbing it to the deeper end of the water. Wow. And they have a lot Terrifying of reverence. as well. They have a lot of reverence for, for them. For the giant uh, Japanese the, salamander. The oldest giant Japanese well, salamander. Yeah. What is, I mean, Godzilla or Gojira, isn't that what they call it? Uh, Godzilla is a big old lizard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the so, the Japanese a lot of lizard fear <laughs> used to have them, like you were saying, like in their temples and in their homes. Mm-hmm. They th- seen them as a protector. The oldest giant Japanese salamander, which is still alive and on display, literally was living in this family's basement. They rerouted a stream, and they had a whole ecosystem in their basement just to take care of the salamander. And it was like three or four generations this family had been taking care of it. Finally, it got to, like, the law discovered it, and they removed the salamander from the care of this family. It was this big, devastating thing for this family because the kid's great-great-grandpa found it as a tiny little baby and started raising it. And they, literally, this whole family devoted their life to taking care of this thing, and they took it away from him. And he's currently still on display. I, I think he's in the, one of the big aquariums in to- Tokyo. Like and he's I think two hundred and fourteen. That's crazy. Is what they Whoa. estimate his age. What? Still young. Wow. <gasps> How long do they live? Uh, well, that's kind of the thing is that all of our older ones are dead. The Japanese really uh, went on a manhunt for them due to legends like the Kappa. Uh, so we, mm-hmm. we he's our oldest one. We theorize you know a hundred hundred and fifty years is like an average guy. You know this one has been pampered since it was a larva. So wow. it. But there's evidence that they can live to 200 pretty, you know, pretty commonly. Wow. That is mind-blowing. And so cool. Uh, I love that. They're good animals. <laughs> uh, and then the Japanese water quality uh, probably wiped them out, too. Salamanders, when I, so I used to do water quality as, like, my main part of my job. Amphibians are the best way to tell water quality. problem is, is mm-hmm. most countries that have developed civilizations, all the amphibians have already moved out. Yeah. Right. So that already tells you right there it's not pristine water. Uh, so the the giant Japanese salamander was pretty much in the early 18th to you know 19th to 20th century pushed to the brink of extinction. They've been 
running a red line for a long time. They're bouncing back. They just had a trio of them just south of Tokyo working their way back into the city. So really? That, yeah, that was a pretty cool thing for them. And those are all were three to four foot long animals. Young wow. guys. Great. They're coming back. They're coming back. They're bouncing back all around the world. And that is because the water quality is improving slowly but surely. Yes. That's great. And they will refill those spaces. They're good parents. Uh, They take both mom and dad take care of their offspring, their eggs and stuff. Once they hatch, you know, they're kind of on their own. But, you know, that's pretty good for an amphibian. And they can bite you. They can. You you do not want to get bit by this thing. Wow. I love it. Now I want to see one. Uh. They should be, I think a zoo in Texas should have one on display. They are a giant Chinese salamander, close cousin. They're both Andreas salamanders. Okay. uh, Which is a close cousin. The the giant Chinese is technically the largest species in the world. They get slightly bigger. You know, 90 pounds. Or no, we have one that's 110 pounds of the giant Chinese. Ooh, whoa. So a large, you know, a large dog with it, you know, six foot long still. Salamander facts. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, what... I'm looking him up Salad right facts. now. Wow, big guy. <laughs> Looks definitely sperm-like. Fertility. Uh, yep. But yeah, definitely an animal that can... They're, they're held in high reverence through Japanese culture. Oh, is this the... Uh, you can bleep this out. Is this the dick fish? No. You know about the dick fish. Yeah. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like the dick fish. Which is, oh, I, I do comedy when I'm not uh, doing the <laughs> podcast. And I remember one of my friends bringing, bringing me a picture. And it was like, look at this fish. It looks like a dick. I think um, you're thinking of either uh, Amphiumas or the penis snake, which is a Sicilian. Okay, yeah. But it really is very phallic in nature. Yeah, this no. one looks a little similar. But look up yeah. penis snake because they're not a snake. They're actually an amphibian like the giant <laughs> Japanese salamander. Uh, but they're called Sicilians. Like they're I should do it. No. I'll oh. look for, uh, <laughs> open an inco- incognito window to look up this one. <laughs> it don't matter. You're going to be put on our watch list either way. <laughs> yeah, that is it. That is exactly what it is. The picture of the dick, the dick fish or whatever. <laughs> the penis snake. <laughs> the penis snake, So that's yeah. a rainforest Sicilian. So it's like a, it's an eyeless amphibian. Yeah. And they have glass oh, teeth. Good times. Glass, glass teeth? Oh my gosh. Yeah, they have That's crystalline teeth. What a teeth. weird world. What a weird world. That's a big we part of in. our show is you get to know animals you never knew existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Well, I think that's oh. wrapping up for the Kappa. Yeah. <laughs> Good talk today, guys. Thank yeah. you guys for coming <laughs> on. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. It was our pleasure. Yeah. Please for tell everybody us. where they can find all your show and all your stuff again. You know, we like to start it and end it that way. Uh, you can find us at sumokaboom.com. You can search for us on all the social platforms. You'll find us that way. Um, that's probably the easiest way to find us. And any any place you get your podcasts, that's where we are. Yeah, and you can email us too at sumokaboom at gmail.com. And we'll answer whatever questions you have. Yeah, we love, we love, love, love sumo culture and sumo mm-hmm. wrestling. And we'd love to get the same from you guys. Where can people find you? So Facebook and uh, Instagram are probably our two biggest social medias. Um, you know, we're always constantly giving stuff away. Just we, search cryptids of the corn. Cryptids of the corn, yep. Uh, pretty much, we have a box of stuff. Uh, sorry, we have a box of stuff to give away. People keep sending it to us. like So we have plenty of stuff to give away. 
out of the last year of podcasting, there's only been four weeks we weren't actively giving something away. Oh my god, that's awesome! <laughs> so we're we're pretty good about that. Um, but yeah, we're on all the major podcasting apps. If you're listening to Sumo Kaboom, you probably could find us. Uh, just type in Cryptids of the Corn. Jay, you want to spell that for everybody? C R Y P T I D S, and then of the Corn. I have a learning disability, so I cannot spell. So I'm not even oh. going to try. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, thank you guys. It's been fun. Jay's been looking forward to this. I have been looking forward to this too. Don't get me wrong. But Jay has been listening to you guys for a long time. And this is like, when we first started, he's like, I want them on the show at some point. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Well, and I have been looking forward to this ever since Jay reached out the first time. We've had a little trouble scheduling it. Yeah. But I was the dummy that was like, what is a cryptid? I have oh, never yeah. heard that term. I was and actually then... on your guys' show already. <laughs> I forgot about that. During like a live stream or something. I, yeah, right? I called in. I didn't know I was going to be on it, though, when I called. You freaking weirdo! Oh, you because you left a message. Oh, yes, that's awesome. yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. I was driving and I was like, oh, a number to call. Okay, I'm gonna call him while I'm driving. Something to do. Nice. <laughs> left you a message, oh, and then the I next remember. week I hear my voice on there. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, people can call us anytime with questions or comments, and sometimes we put them right on the podcast. So yep. beware yeah. if you leave us a message. <laughs> like, tell us if you don't want us to use it on the podcast. Say, hey, don't share this. But here's my question. Yeah. Lesson learned. Uh, all yeah. right. Oh, well, thanks so we, for having us. Yeah. You're very welcome. Before we let you go, we have a tradition. Yes. Uh-oh. So before we all end with the big yelling of the word bye, uh, just how we've oh, always ended our show, so we make all of our guests do it. So basically, I count down from three, and then we all yell bye together. Okay. All right. Good. Three, two, one. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.